0: In this church we believe in the word of God. We believe that it is 100% true, we do not add to it and we do not take away from it. We believe that it is our daily bread, it is our firm foundation, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever and the word of God stands the test of time. We believe that this word is alive and active and can speak into our lives. We believe that this word is filled with God's wisdom and knowledge. It's filled with the history of God. And it's also filled with the good news that is Jesus Christ. We have one book that God has given to us as Christians. And it's literally in our hands. It is our duty and it's our job to know it. That's my responsibility and that's your responsibility. So when we look at Wisdom for the Week, we are only looking at the Word of God. If it's not in the Word of God, we're not looking at it. Amen. Yeah? Amen. If you're here and you're saying, I don't know if I believe everything in the Bible, that's, that's your choice, but you need to take it up with Jesus. Don't be coming to me, Annette. Um But that's what we believe. That's what we should be believing as Christians. Amen? Amen. Amen? So that's the Wisdom for the Week. It's coming from only the Word of God. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, would you mind, I know now it's like mass, we're standing up and down every two minutes, but would you stand with me as we pray? It's just changing our posture physically to show God that we want to honour him and respect him spiritually, yeah? If you want to close your eyes, bow your head, raise your hands, however you pray, that's what we're going to do now. So Jesus, your presence is here. Thank you for it. And God, we ask you for just your Holy Spirit to come into this place even more. We thank you that you have given us your word, the Bible. We thank you, Lord, that in our generation we don't have to search for the truth of God. It's physically in our hands. And we thank you. That is a gift. We're sorry, Lord, for any times we have not honoured your word, any times that we have ignored it, any times that we have chosen not to spend the time in Your Word and in Your presence, God. We don't want to take the Bible, the true Word of God, for granted. So Lord, we are sorry for any time we've done that, forgive us for our sins. But in these moments, God, as we hear Your Word, we pray that it would speak to us in a way like never before. That we would see things in these verses that only Your Holy Spirit can reveal. And we ask, Jesus, that you would bring revelation, confirmation, and even explanations for what's going on in our lives, God. We only trust in you, Lord, and we only trust in your word. We give you the space. Do only what you can do. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Let's grab our seats. Let's grab our seats. Hallelujah. God is good. so wisdom for the week before we get into the word of God it's really important for us to have like a framing that the wisdom that's out there in the world that people say is completely opposite to the wisdom of God we know that right? yeah so I just wanna frame that and to give us a way of really being able to identify that quite easily because sometimes you can hear something in the world and go that sounds lovely But then you line it up with the word of God and you say, well, that's not what God says. So we want to give you some tools around that quickly. So the wisdom of the world versus the wisdom of God. The wisdom of the world, a definition of it would be a person's experience, knowledge, or quote unquote, good judgment. It's down to the individual. Your experience is different to my experience. Your knowledge is different to my knowledge. And what I might think is good judgment you might think it's bad judgement. There's no stability in that. It's down to the individual. And you'll hear in the world, as you get older, you get wiser. Now, I don't know about you. I know a few people, as they got older, they got stupider. I won't say no names. (laughs) But you can have experience. I remember when I was 19, I, I really learned this. I started working with someone who was 10 years older than me. And they'd been in the job for 10 years. And initially I thought, well, they must be good at it if they're there for 10 years. People who've worked with people that long know that's not true, don't we? We're going, ooh, anyone getting PTSD? Flashbacks of certain co workers? No, only me. Um, but he had 10 years' experience, he had the college degrees, but his experience was not good experience. He had the knowledge, but he did not know what to do with it. And his judgment was way off. When it comes to the world's wisdom, it's not going to stay the same. It changes from society to society. We know the world pre-pandemic is very different to now, even people's values. It changes. Here's what God's wisdom looks like. It is God-given. God gives us his wisdom. Hallelujah. It is God-centered discernment. It is always biblical. It will line up with what the Bible says. And what it allows us to do as Christians is it allows us to understand life from God's perspective. The wisdom of the world understands life from my perspective. The wisdom of God is from a heavenly perspective. And it says in the book of Isaiah that God's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So it's very foolish of us to think that we know what we're doing at all really, isn't it? It's God. It's God. And let me give you an example of this. The wisdom of the world is this. To do things my way. To honour my truth. We're hearing that a lot now, aren't we? People saying that. That's, I'm honouring my truth and that's your truth. And to live my life. The problem with this is it's all rooted in me. And I don't know about you, but if I didn't have the Lord... I wouldn't really like myself. So if I don't like myself, how am I living life my way? That's not going to be fruitful, that's not going to be good. It's probably going to be destructive. I'm going to make a lot of mistakes, and my mind changes, my heart changes. A lot of the times I can't trust my own heart. So doing things my way, if I didn't have the Lord, won't be good. To honor my truth, a lot of the time the root of that is hurt. People have hurt us, or we're selfish in it. It's not honouring others. It's really when push comes to shove, I'm going to do it to honour my truth and my way, and to live my life the way that I want. And you'll hear people talk all the time. Seasons of life change, and you're saying, "I don't know what I'm doing. I've been this way for 30 years, or I've been with this person for so long, and they're not in my life anymore. What do I do with college?" or what do i do am i meant to stay here am i meant to go we don't know what we're doing but here's what god says from his wisdom that jesus is the way the truth and the life it is absolute it is definitive it is decisive that's why some people will not follow jesus because you have to surrender to god when you pray the prayer of salvation or sinner's prayer We're saying, I'm following Jesus, no turning back. I am giving my life to God. So it's not my way. It's not my truth. It's not my life. Jesus, Jesus' way is more important than that. It is the absolute truth. I can have my truth and God doesn't invalidate that. But the truth of who Jesus is and the good news of salvation and the freedom that we have in Jesus, that's the truth. That's the life. That's the way. So the wisdom of the world is do things your way. See how that works out for you. Or I can surrender to God's way. And the world is only thinking about this lifetime. Brothers and sisters, we have eternity. And we get so caught up in what's right here in our lives. Don't believe the world's wisdom. Believe in God's wisdom. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. So how do I get the wisdom of God? How do I receive it? Is that when I pray the sinner's prayer, when I become a Christian? Is that when I'm baptised? Do I have to do certain things and, and then I get it? Um, and that's what we're about to look at at the moment. And we're going to look at the Book of James. Anyone like the Book of James in the Bible? Yeah. Book of James is one of my favourite books, that and Proverbs. And when I was 16, I read it completely for the first time. In my Bible, you'll see at the top, 28th of October 2008, in my bedroom in Cargilline, and I had yellow... <laughs> paint on the walls, which was disgusting, I'll never forget it. Oh, heal me Jesus of the yellow, oh my days, um, that was the first time that I, that I read it and I remember being shocked because it was so blunt and you would almost say harsh what James was saying, but I loved it at the same time because it brought such clarity. It was so black and white. And as a teenager, I was struggling with reading the Bible because a lot of it you have to learn how to read, don't you? It's not just like picking up a book and saying, that will do. It was the clarity that, that James brought. It was saying, this is God's way. If you want to follow God, this is what you need to do. So we're going to have a look at that now. I've warned you. I've given you the heads up. But we're going to get into it. Are you still with me? Yes. Are we having a great time? Yes. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's see it. James chapter 1. If anyone longs to be wise, ask God, forgive them, ask, God forgive them, ask God for wisdom and he will give it. Hallelujah. Amen. He won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures. But I love this. He will overwhelm your failures with his generous grace. Amen. Jesus, overwhelm our failures with your generous grace. Amen. So we can see for God's wisdom. We ask and he will give it. He will give it. It's a promise. But what we're going to read in the next verse is the condition of it. I have to do something to get God's wisdom. Here's what it says. But when you ask him for wisdom, be sure that your faith is in God alone. That's the condition. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Ooh, that's heavy, isn't it? You can tell James wasn't Irish. (laughs) If James was Irish now, he'd be saying, this is what I would say too, say a prayer to the Lord. I'll say a prayer with you, have a bit of faith, you'll be granted. That's what I'd say. But this is God's word. I can't tip X out or, or just say, I like that God will give me wisdom and that's it. I can't say I don't like the rest of the verses. That's the condition. Brothers and sisters, when we ask God for wisdom, our faith has to be fully in him. We have to trust him. Amen. It cannot be 90% God and 10% the money I have in my bank account that gives me a false sense of security. It can't be my job, or my appearance, or what I do, or who I know. It has to be all Jesus. Or maybe you're the opposite. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, I don't have faith in anything. I don't have faith in the world, in government, in people. I've been so hurt. I don't have faith in myself. Maybe you don't know if you believe in God. Do I ever have faith in God? Can I tell you, you can trust Jesus. Yes. With your whole life. He's a good God. And if you haven't given him a chance, give him one and watch him change your life. Watch him blow your mind. Watch him love you like no one else can. So we ask God for wisdom. He'll give it. But I have to be all in. I have to be all in. And for the people who are not, it's so clear. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Because your loyalty is divided. If I want God's wisdom and his divinity, I can't be saying, I'll take the God piece and then the world, I'll take manifestation or karma or earn your money or get your whatever your degrees or love certain people and go from person to person a lot of those things there's nothing wrong with them but they're not good we can't pick and choose and it says at the end they are unstable in everything they do not just in their mind not just in their relationship they're not stable because their foundation brothers and sisters their foundation isn't this it has to be this it has to be the word of God. Can I get an amen? amen? Amen. Let's have a look at some wisdom for this week. Your plans are in God's hands. Hallelujah. Amen. You say it with me. Your plans Your are in God's hands. God's. Fabulous. This is a time of year where people are planning. Back to school, back to college, back to reality. woo mm. What am I doing before the end of the year? Am I moving? Lots of people are planning. And it's good to plan. God wants us to steward our time. Number our days, Lord. like Let us know what we should be doing with our days. And as Christians, there's a great comfort in knowing that our plans are in God's hands. Because he's in control of everything. But on the opposite side of that, there's a surrender and a humility. Because my plans might not happen the way I want or in the timing of it, or my plans might not be God's plans and I have to surrender if I'm following God I have to surrender to his will his purpose in that that's hard that's so hard to do but in the book of Proverbs six times in four chapters God repeats the sentiment of you can make plans you can have different steps you can have your own actions but what the Lord wants. That's what will happen. So four times in six cha- or six times in four chapters, and you'll see the first four here on the list. It's all from one chapter, Proverbs 16, and then it goes on to 19 and 20. When you open your Bible, it's not divided into stuff that's bullet pointed or different headings, or it's not highlighted. There's no fonts of bold or italic or underline. So when the Bible repeats things exactly the same or of a similar sentiment, it's God getting our attention. He's saying, hello, wake up. This is what I'm trying to say to you. We know that, don't we? Yes. You all are smart. There's no one silly in here. Like We all, we all can read our Bibles. But let's look at the verses. Are you with me? Yes. yes. Okay. I know some people might have to put on their glasses now to see this, but you'll be grand and I'll read it out. Okay. Proverbs 16, verse 1. We can make our own plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. 16.3 Commit your actions to the Lord, and your plans will succeed. 16.9 We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. 16.33 We may throw the dice, but the Lord determines how they fall. In other words, you can give something a go, you can take a risk, you can take a chance, but what God wants will happen. Amen. Yeah. 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 19. You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. Mm-hmm. And finally, the Lord directs our steps. So why try to understand everything along the way? Mm-hmm. God can't get any clearer. I believe God would speak to some people prophetically here this week on the, the fifth one on the list, chapter 19, verse 21. You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. And there's people here, and you've been planning for a long time, I'm talking about a couple of months or even a year, for something, whether that's a situation, a job, moving, a relationship. And you've honoured God in it. But God wants, you to, get, wants to give you clarity before you head into the week because there's going to be a situation that will happen and you're going to have to step away from this plan it's not that God is saying you've done wrong it's not that God's plan won't succeed but you need to move away from it God needs to to protect you to move out of it and he doesn't want you to be confused when this happens this week he doesn't want you to doubt have I not honoured you Lord have I not done what you've asked you need to trust him In it, and God is giving you the clarity and the confirmation on a Sunday. So, when it happens during the week, you will not be thrown. If you hold on to that plan and ignore the word of God, you will lose it anyway. So, brothers and sisters, our plans are in God's hands, amen. Amen. And when we look at the scripture, my plans, my actions, my plans, I can throw the dice, my steps included in all of them is the Lord. Include Amen. the Lord in your plans. Amen. Never forget him. Amen. Amen? Amen. And finally, there is power in your prayers. Mm. Do we believe it? Yes. Mm. Very good. Here's what it says in the book of James. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. There's power in your prayers. A righteous person is someone who is actively living their life to the standard that God has set in the Bible. I know that there's a lot of people who believe in Jesus and they're Christians and for a lot of people it's a journey. But there's a difference between what God says is someone who believes and you're saved and you'll get eternal life and a righteous person. There is power in your prayers. I know there's people in this room You are a righteous person in God's eyes. And God wants to remind you and to release you. There's power in your prayer. It is powerful and effective in Jesus' name. We need you to use it. Don't we? Pray for each other so that you may be healed. Pray for yourself. We need your prayers. And I just want to share a story very briefly about my experience of this. Um... I was meant to go to the UK with our teenagers to a Christian youth conference at the start of the month and, cut a long story short, I get sick, and I mean very sick, so much so I have to call my mother. You know it's bad when you're calling your mum, isn't it? Denise, come here to me. I'm crying down the phone and I'm saying, can I come down to your house? That's how sick I am. And she said, of course you can, of course you can. So I'm down there, I'm sick. And it's about two days before we're meant to go with the teenagers to the UK. And I've been planning for this the whole year. You can see how my plans changed. God gave me those verses for me Fair too, question. don't worry. My plans changed, but I'm just, at that time, it's all up in the air. I'm going, God, what are you doing? And I'm sitting in my parents' living room. I'm sitting in my dad's chair. Every dad has a chair, don't they? Is, it, is yours leather by any chance? Yeah. Does it recline? Does it have a drink soldier? Is it straight in front of the television? It's a prophetic word now. I'm very bold, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm ratting my father out. But uh, in fairness to him, he lets me sit in it those days until 6 o'clock and then he comes in and I have to move (laughs) on. But I'm, I'm sitting in his chair, and I'm, I'm so sick at that time, I'm struggling to walk, I'm struggling to sit, to stand, to lie down, and uh, I'm like reclined in my dad's chair in the middle of the day, and I'm watching the sermons on YouTube, I'm playing my worship music, and uh, I'm so weak I'm just lifting my hand in the chair, worshipping God and crying, and just praying to God. Um, my body was sick, but my spirit and mind were not. Stick with God in those situations. Don't allow all of it to go. But my dad comes into me, and he's just checking in. And I ask him, I say, Dad, will you pray for me? And as a family, we pray around meals. Uh, If something happens, we'll grab the moment and say, come on, let's pray. But I, I don't know if I ever asked my dad that directly, can you pray for me? And it wasn't me asking Pastor Tom. It was asking... prayers of a righteous person I know my dad I know my mother she's a righteous person too I know them and it was such a precious moment and the Holy Spirit was in the room anyway but it just shifted something happened and my dad's praying for me while I'm reclined in this chair (laughs) like an old person and he starts speaking about my life and praying over my life and he spoke about when I was born, that I wasn't eating or feeding properly. And he fasted for three days and three nights without food or water. And my parents had to leave me in the hospital. And he then went on to pray for me to be healed, that I could go on this trip. And that's what, really what we were praying for. But God didn't answer that prayer of healing. And that's okay. But what God gave me in that moment with my dad, and I've heard that story a million times, but God gave me a lifetime revelation. We were asking God for something that was just right here. I'm asking God, give me the next four days, give me the next week, and God was trying to give me a word from heaven that's for my life. And the word was this, that Daraburk, from the moment you were born, out of your mother's womb, there has been attack by the enemy, on your life he does not want you here and physically in that moment I'm in the chair and I'm sick and spiritually it's not me fighting for my faith I have it it's not me fighting against my own issues and demons I know how to do that but part of it is I'm fighting for the teenagers and their demons and their battles I'm taking ground for the enemy on behalf of them and for people in the room who are in leadership positions like that Some of the attacks in your life are nothing to do with you. You're fighting for other people. And God gave me the clarity of the last 30 years and all the things. I'm going, God, what's going on with this? The attack was from when you were born. And as I move forward, it's not being surprised by it. It's knowing this is the enemy, this is how he works. I have to steward myself better. Absolutely, I confess that. But I can see from God's perspective, his wisdom saying, this is how the enemy gets at you. This is how he's done it since you were born. Dara, your job is to stay alive and to stay here until I take you home and to be used by the Lord. That's the purpose and calling of God on my life. That's the revelation. I'm asking for a week and God is saying, I'm speaking to your life. Are we open enough that we're asking God for these things? Give me the job, pay the bill, give me that relationship. Give me a home. Give me the ability to do this. And God is saying, I'm trying to give you a word for your life. A revelation one. That's not just about you. It's about eternity. It's about souls. It's about salvation. Are we wise enough? Are we humble enough to say, I need God's wisdom in that? Because when we focus on our lives, for most of us, it's not great, is it? Our problems, our issues. But when we focus on Jesus, not only does he honor us and bless us in our issues and he works it out. He also gets us to focus on eternity and to focus on others. God is a good God, isn't he? Your prayers are powerful and effective in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Can I ask the worship team to come up? Can I ask everyone to stand? We're going to pray. We're going to pray. And the prayer this week is very simple very simple this is the prayer and I'm not gonna ask anyone to come up either it's God I need you and your wisdom this week I need God every minute, every hour every day and I need the wisdom of God this week in my life whatever happens whatever decisions we're gonna sing a song about that and it's called Lord I need you we want to Prepare our hearts before we come into this moment of prayer. So let's sing that song and then we're going to pray those prayers. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes and get ready for worship. The prayer is just, God, I need you. And I need your wisdom this week. I'm not inviting anyone up. But what I am going to ask you to do, if you need God, which I think is most people, and you need his wisdom for the week, I'm going to ask you to kneel wherever you're at. If you don't want to do that, you can grab a seat. But I'm going to kneel before the Lord. And it's a sign of being humble. It's a sign of God being bigger than my thoughts and my ways. And that Jesus is King, not me. If you want to pray that prayer on, on your knees, do you want to raise your hands to heaven as well? Jesus we are your people and we are humble enough to say we need you every moment every hour as we sleep as we go to work whatever is going on in our lives God you are God you are king and we trust you fully Jesus we want to verbally say we need you if you need Jesus will you say that Jesus I need you and God for this week ahead Whatever happens, we know that you're in it. And we want to ask you for your wisdom from heaven. And we tell you, Lord, that we trust you fully. We have faith in God alone. Jesus, we pray that this week, as situations happen, as conversations happen, your spirit would lead us that we would be aware enough to say, that was not me. They're not my thoughts. I don't speak that way. I don't act that way. That was God. And God, we ask you for your grace in it. Cover us, cover our failures with your generous grace this week. Jesus, we commit the week to you. We give you these days, Lord, and when we come back next Sunday, we will come and say to you, Lord, this is what we did with the week you gave us. This is what we did with our days, Lord thank you for your wisdom. Protect our minds and our hearts. Protect our homes. Protect our families, God. And Jesus, we thank you for everything that you've done in our lives. And the people of God said, Amen.